Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline once. She's not here. Oh, thank God. This is a story of a guy named Brad. Who wants to be a steward anyway? How dare you? Shut up, I put on lip gloss. Let's unpack that for a second. What is happening? This is a conference table made of solid oak. This movie was a fucking lie. My God, my mother is upstairs somewhere. Was it an adventure for you? Final yeah. thoughts, I hated it. Oh, to Jesus, he's got a friend, Jane. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, Stefan, watching you crumble is so embarrassing. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rebel Without a Closet, our labor of love dedicated to the queer and queer adjacent movies that have helped shape us into the hot, rebellious messes that we are today. Um, we killed Stefan, hid the body um, in a conversion camp, and left him behind. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, like, anytime anyone asks me to go into the woods, someone's going to die. So Listen. I feel like it's only fitting that Stefan, who loves camping, especially clothing optional fair. camping. He, he loves glamping. If there's glamping. not, like, a pool and, like, a food truck, he's not going. Yeah. Also, like, two of my, like, <laughs> the, I hated things, camping and nudity. So, like, when they put them together... Like Stefan has like goes to his like clothing optional campsite sometimes when he feels like he feels himself. If he took me there, I would I would throw myself into traffic. The one bigger <laughs> truck but on the highway. There is no traffic. You'd have to throw yourself into an oncoming moose. I mean, I feel like I could do it. How how <laughs> really, Canadian of me? Really hard. <laughs> like just do a running start. You don't know. <laughs> like the way the bad guy. You know, at the end, the bad guy gets it. Spoiler mm. alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, no, this spoiler is going to be rife with spoilers. I've already decided. Mm. It, you can't talk about this this without anyways. So I want to start off by saying that um, we are joined by Stuart, who is our longtime co-host and basically the final girl of most things because he would have <laughs> run away, seen the danger and been like, I'm out. And That's then great. we are joined again by Joanna, whom we adore and we're so lucky to have uh, with us today. And let's be fair, she would have been the one who went no. in doing the PhD and then took down the whole camp from the I inside. would never have gone camping. If you would have told me you're going to get on that bus in present day, why was the bus out of 1978? I'm going to get on that bus. I'm going to drive into what only seems like a fake Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, and yeah. that's what we were. Th- oh my god, that was the first like, thing we were thinking. You're gonna drive me past that sign, and then I'm gonna stand up. No, I would. Well, first of all, I never got on the bus. I wouldn't have gone camping. I wouldn't have done any of it. Forget the conversion part. You could have offered me free Sarah Michelle Gellers at the end. I'm still not getting on the bus. I have a question for you. Okay, let's be fair, Joanna. If Sarah Michelle Gellar was like driving the bus and said, "Just come with me for a week, and then it's you and me and like marital bliss forever." You're smiling right now. You're like, yeah, I'm okay. taking. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I have a question for you both. Were mm. you guys like big campers as kids and teens? Like, did you go to sleepaway what? camp? What did I just say? No, I know, but our, my parents sent me to camp. I literally, <laughs> my dad opened the car door and I was like, no. I'm going to say something very home. hurtful right now, Stu. My mom liked me. She didn't want to send me away. <laughs> She she didn't want to send me away to camp. I would have died. I would have, there is not, I've been camping like (laughs) twice in my life. It was horrific both times. I hate it. There's no, I don't care. I don't want to be at one with nature. I don't want to pee in the woods. I don't want to forage for food. I don't want to make my own coffee over fire. First of all, what is wrong with camping? I think you were lost. 
<laughs> That's camping. Um, okay, so I will was, say it was, a, it was a scout retreat for like. That's even so, scarier, Stuart. It was even scarier. So I went out in the woods, and they were like, "Okay, so here's what they said to me." As I soon, I was in the car still. By the way, the window was open. My dad was driving his jeep. He was there. I was there. The window was open. They leaned in, and we're like, "All right." So oh Stuart is going to be sharing a tent with three boys. Uh, John, you're going to be across the field. There are two porta potties for no. seventy-five no. boys no. and no. communal showers. No. We stepped out. It was raining, and I was like, "They're like, we're all going to play football." I looked at my dad and was like, "No." See, he was like, "We got to stay." I was like, "I am not staying here." I was like, "Get me." I was eleven. I was like, "Get me back in the car." <laughs> Stuart. Scout, uh, scouts yep, is conversion is conversion camp. Is. They just call it scouts. It's true. So I, I'm a survivor. That's what it is. <laughs> so I think I was the only one here who actually enjoyed camping as a child. Yeah. Is what I picked up. Mm. Oh, but in fairness, I did like very. I've never done like super roughing it camping. You so the only time that. <laughs> You weren't Which foraging is- for food like Joanna. No, I I didn't forage. What are you supposed um, to do? The one one of the favorite camping trips I actually have was it was my grade ten like outdoor education camping trip, and we basically went to this random spot up in Algonquin Park, and it took us like two hours to get there, like portaging and everything. It was beautiful. We had this island in the middle of the lake. And it was essentially ours. And it, half the island was the boys and half the island was the girls. Yes, I see the conversion therapy overlays. But um, therapy. Did you bake a pie up there? No, but our teachers baked us cakes. Of course they did. <laughs> they have to. How else are they going to teach you how to be a young woman? Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't do baking. Come on now. I'm still not domesticized. Um, I I saw this on Instagram recently where they're like, you know, there's there's a domestic house. Oh, crap. What was it? Something to the effect of, you know, not everyone is, you know, meant to be a domestic housewife. And it's like this implies that there's a feral housewife. And now I have new life goals. <laughs> it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a feral housewife. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, OK, coming back. So they, them, um, some of us are anti-camping from the get-go on this. Some of us are very pro-camping. This is not a movie about camping. Uh, this is a movie about conversion therapy with a fun slasher twist. Uh, one of the things I definitely want us to kind of keep in mind as we're reviewing this is there are huge parallels between Friday the 13th and this movie, which I thought was just fantastic. And, Down to the and, flasher mask, even. And but I'm a cheerleader. It's like yeah. they didn't have an original thought in their head. They thought we're gonna take a little Friday the thirteenth, we're gonna take but I'm a cheerleader, and we're gonna marry them and see how that plays out. I'm gonna tell and you. And you know what? I'm not mad about it. I am furious. <laughs> so there's a few things that I liked about this. Uh one of them was the kind of psychological manipulation that is um, Kevin Bacon and uh, Carrie Preston's characters, the husband and wife who run the camp. I love Cora and Owen. And they come off as, you know, 
and not to rip on any kind of religion, but there tends to be religious undertones in conversion therapy camps. So they come off as do better, everyone's welcome, we accept all. Like I myself was taken aback when Kevin Bacon accepted Jordan as a they them and was like, you know what, we haven't got a cabin for that yet. So in the meantime, how about you try this cabin? If you're not comfortable, you can go to the other cabin. And I was like, that is strangely understanding and accepting for a camp that I assume wants to literally grind out all of the personality and spirit of these children. I just, yes, the beginning, I would say the beginning 10 minutes, I was like, hmm, okay. And and when they started the subtle kind of stuff, I'm like, interesting. But that, nothing lasted long enough. Not. <sighs> There, there wasn't enough of a build. It then jumped right into sex scenes. Of course, there needed to be a sex scene in the lake. First of all, the fact that they didn't have some kid jump out of the canoe is just missed opportunity <laughs> at that point. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I get the I get the vibe in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. I was watching it going, why didn't I get cast in this? I think that's the first thing I text Stuart. I'm like, um, where was my invite? I should have been in this... Uh, but I you like could have easily been the uh, on camp doctor. Sign, listen, I get the beginning. I, I'm going to leave the beginning. I'm going to say I had a minute. I had a little bit in the beginning where I thought this is going to be cool. This is th- they're going to do something different. It's going to have a very. It almost tried to have a very get out vibe, mm. and then fell off a cliff somewhere. And drastically fell off the cliff. So I, I'm going to leave that. I'll try to, I'll try to go love, section by section. Is I love there's a character named Stuart. Very few <laughs> times in this world, there are characters in TV shows and movies named Stuart who a is in a closeted homosexual. Oh no, wait, oh, that was in this movie as well. Um, and he was named Stu. Hello. That was the the sexy jock one. Yeah, yeah, I, I think sexy so. Jock, thank you. That is who mm-hmm. I am. That is how I refer to myself. People on my resume, my, my name, Stuart Jeffrey, brackets, sexy jock type. I think the like the first, at least first part of the movie was quite interesting. And like, I like the fact that they kind of like threaded in transphobia, like homophobia as well. I well, it on. was interesting how they were like, we're super accepting of Jordan and they, them and their journey. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. Alexandra, who identifies as a woman who had transitioned, was put in the girl's cabin, hand quotes, and then had the perviest camp counselor ever. Like, I I loved that they played it like a serial killer bit. Like the slasher was coming to get her in the shower. It was very classic camp, whatever. Also, who just stands in the shower with their eyes closed that long? Especially in a strange place. Have you never watched a horror movie? Do you not Listen, have like any kind of self-preservation? What is going on there? Like, I wonder, how, I wonder, how do you stand with your eyes closed in the shower? Just like, hmm, the hot water is nice. I wonder if anything bad could happen. Like, Listen, let alone a leering camp counselor behind you. Like, you, minute, you died three times in my life. The minute I have to walk from where I sleep to where I shower, I'm getting on the bus and I'm going home. Number one. <laughs> But number now, two, I break it, it to you, but even in your house, was, I feel like you have to walk from where you sleep to where you shower. I said it out of the building. If the minute I have to step oh, out of a building, I, just walk. I don't want to have to like, put If you have some magical transportation device that takes you from bed to shower, we got to talk. No shoes. 
and I'm watching it. I'm like, God, it's horrible. I bet you it's cold out. I can just feel the and there's already mosquito. I could I could sense it all. I can um, sense the mosquitoes. <laughs> I could I could feel. Yeah. But I think that the anger and this is I think it was trying to be reflective of the fact. And again, it's just they, they're so quick. They don't let anything play out for whatever reason. Well, bad storytelling is the anger at being lied to and having the audacity to be to be able to pass. Mm. Right. The How dare you? Because I, yeah. I after they said that she was, you know, born a man, like after that was already revealed, I'm like, no. No, she's not. There's no way that. But it's the passing. So funny. We society gets equally mad at, at the people who don't pass because they're not fitting in a binary. And then the people that pass so well that they can't tell. And that really messes with transphobic people. That is the thing, right? That the end yeah. of the crying game kind of. Somebody just mentioned that movie to me the other day. The end of the crying game where it's just you have so much rage. But I think that's the anger. And again, that could have been a very cool stereotype or underpinning that could have been worked out longer. Um, the electric. Sh oh, well, we will wait to get there. But there are certain parts that are just overdone. You know what I mean? They were just like, OK, that I saw that coming a mile. Away. They did that in But I'm a Cheerleader. We we need something better than that. It's a horror movie. You know they, yeah, I mean? they could have paced it a little differently. So, like, yeah. what's interesting to me is the the writer of this movie, John Logan, is a twice Academy Award um, nominated writer. He wrote Stop. Gladiator and Aviator. He also um, what he wrote times, Gladiator three time Academy Award nominee. Yeah, Gladiator, The Aviator, and a best uh, a best adaptative screenplay for Hugo. So, this is his first movie that he has written and directed. His directorial debut. But he's a playwright. He has a, a couple of Emmys for outstanding writing for limited series for RKO two eight one. He's has, has two Tony Awards for Red and Moulin Rouge. So it's very interesting that those movies are lauded for like their writing um, excellence, and the pacing is great. So I wonder what happened in this movie that he wasn't able to kind of capture that that same sort of. Ed. Is he gay? Yes, he's openly gay. One thing I will say about this movie that I enjoyed is that, and I say this having had to review every single fucking conversion therapy movie that we have done on this podcast, hmm. they all are dark and sad and twisted, and you're showcasing, I mean, you're you're shedding a light on a very important issue, and you're showcasing the fact that there are these camps that do exist, and that are essentially conditioning people to hate themselves, mm -hmm. which is atrocious. It like there are no words to describe how barbaric and just ass backwards this is. But the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie was that it played into all of that. It showed a lot of that. It emphasized a lot of these really toxic uh, elements that do exist in conversion therapy camps. But it did it in a way that also had the undertone of, you know, someone's going to die. Well, that's the <laughs> interesting part about it, though, is that Jason Bloom, who is the CEO of Bloomhouse Productions, who does the majority of horror films like Halloween, 
like mm-hmm. like the gift get out all these movies apparently he I was like i want to make a movie about conversion therapy after he saw pray away on netflix again i, I love that fact because you're right it's totally all over the place and like it's very much kind of wants to be in two places at the same time yeah and i don't think it can mm-hmm. be. i think it should have been it should have been get out i don't think anybody should have it shouldn't have been a slasher movie it still could have been a horror movie, but it shouldn't have been a slasher movie. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think that it could have very been a very good horror movie. It didn't have to have the undertone of a slasher. Like, it would have made just as much sense to me if um, the the super, super messed up couple who were the counselors, uh, Zane and Sarah. So these two characters were supposedly previous uh, camp attendees who had been converted and now we're dating. Okay. And the really awkward scene you see them in together is where they are scrolling through the campers phones, looking for like the sexy selfies that the campers have taken of themselves. So basically imagine someone like hacks your phone, goes through all the photos, finds your like kind of provocative, like sexy nude. (laughs) You show your boyfriend Zane, here's that hot boy that you think looks hot. And you show your girlfriend, Sarah, here's that, like, we're converted, kids. Note the giant hand quotes. And then you start dry humping each other to the looking at the photos on the other person's phone while you're dry humping each other, being like, oh, baby, we're converted. It's so good. Uh, uh, uh. Like, here's the funny part. The best one is that I got axed in the face, though. That was my favorite. That scene didn't need to happen. No, it didn't. Do you know what I mean? no, nope. it, it needed to happen because it showed that the conversion doesn't actually work. Yeah, but it but it didn't need to happen. Everything yeah. about that movie, you knew that the conversion didn't work in every other more subtle way. This was like, nope, we got to prove it to you, fool. It didn't need to happen. Every time when that when that you know the way that they could have had subtle looks at other other people, like every nobody watched that movie and goes, oh yeah, sure they're converted. Nobody nobody's thinking that but i do have a question if it's going to be a slasher movie and we all knew who's playing the doctor why did none of the people die of massive bee stings <laughs> okay so i watched I'm watching and i'm like and he's like isn't that the girl isn't that the girl from and i was like blank 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 i was like oh my god yeah, it's would have just been this subtle little homage that I would have had nothing but respect for. Nothing. Can't even kill somebody with intelligence on this thing. Everything has to be done with a knife. Could have locked them in the closet and had a bunch of bees sting them. Hey, just, one pervy guy had his face bashed in through a computer as he was perving on girls in the showers. That guy didn't need to exist either. It was like, what's the point of that guy? That guy's like in, you know, like sleepaway camp. Like that guy's in every, that actual guy could have been in every 1980s slasher movie. There was, in a movie that was setting itself up to be this intellectual horror movie, there was no need for that guy. That, that, none. He he showed up and then he gets caught. I'm like, oh my God. And then he gets killed because he puts a camera in the bathroom. Well, what, no need. There's no need. That guy doesn't serve any purpose other than be great. You know He's what I the mean? the first victim who we don't care about and is a B character that no one will miss. Just wasting time. When when the scene where she goes through the kids, uh, 
the main the main person uh what's what's their name again jordan thank you um goes through their um diary but it's right. a bible that was cool that could have been the crux of something so jordan has this bible Our department for the win <laughs> yeah right where each page of the bible um they've actually created an art piece over top or they've circled things and they've drawn lines to these beautiful sometimes painful looking art pieces that was it that was the crux that should have been the because then they start she starts playing that what should have happened is it shouldn't have been all in one go <laughs> like mm. she's like she sat jordan down and then gave him about like tried to replicate their childhood basically by by mimicking it trying to make jordan feel some sort of way about the the person they are and i'm like see that should have happened over different therapy sessions so it would have built so you don't you don't throw that all in there at one point it should have been many therapy sessions not mm -hmm. one group one group and one individual session and then we're off to the races electrocuting guys while showing them pictures of muscle guys I, so I, one thing i will say though is i love the like i agree there should have been more sessions but i loved the impact of like okay great that was day one like that just shows you oh. how it was this merciless grueling of well, you know, you just tried to make yourself feel special because you realized that you weren't and you had nothing else going for you and blah, 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 blah. And it's just this emotional evisceration. And like poor Jordan is sitting there just, you know, hollowed out. And But Kay, I do want to talk about why did the sociopaths not blink? Mm. The entire so time she gives that diatribe, she's just like, is it because you wanted to feel special? Is it because you were not loved as a child? Is it because, like, it's just like. But it's even not that bothered me. Like, first of all, these kids know they're going to conversion camp. They know the bull crap that they're going to come up against. You think that Jordan's never heard that line before? Of course they have. What should have yeah. happened is they should have orchestrated it so that Jordan overheard two people talking about them in that way. So if they're really trying to mess with somebody's mind, you don't stare at them and say, don't you feel special? You know what? A million people have done that to them already. I promise you. You do it. So, and again, it could have been written beautifully, right? You do it so they're just coming around the corner and then you have a conversation with somebody else saying, you know, we really have to protect this kid because, you know, I think that their identity is all wrapped up in the fact that you know, and maybe even fake a letter that they got or fake a conversation that they had with a parent. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's how you mess with kids. You don't stare right at them and say, oh, you feel alone because you're in the Navy or your parents are in the Navy. It was just like, it was just so bad. Every, uh, my favorite line, well, he has no idea who he's hunting now. The writer yeah. of Vladimir, he came up with that. He thought, I know, I know what this time, stop it. He has no idea who he's hunting now. You couldn't have, you know what? Daniel Day-Lewis couldn't have delivered that shitty line. It, stop. Daniel Day-Lewis would have been <laughs> iconic in that role. Um, but my, my question is, get out. This, that style of movie and that, that sort of, lead in to the very end would have done really really well for this story yes and i think 
something that was amazing in Get Out was the sessions in the therapy where he is with that, like the spinning of like the, uh, the spoon and the tea and the the sinking into the chair and then like going into your mind's eye. Yeah. Yeah, Like that was really interesting. That movie. Okay. Side diatribe. That movie is like chef's kiss. That movie is phenomenal. It hit every single point. It hit every tonality. It hit that. Like it had the long pauses. It had like the perfect emphasis on the right scenes. You were in it. You were that character. But even like, the, the most amazing part of that movie still is when he's looking for the keys and you think that Allison um, is still, or Allie is still on his side until mm. she's like, I can't find them. And she's crying. She's like, I can't find them. I can't find them. And then she goes, oh. and like, you're like, oh, yeah. oh shit. But then it cuts and he's great acting and she's hanging the pictures of the victims that she's killed up on her wall behind her and separating the fruit loops. She's crazy. But like, it's, it's, you're like, you're sitting there being like, how did I not know this when everything falls into place where she like, didn't want him to, she wasn't arguing with him. Um, because he made her, they were pulled over. She told him to be calm because she didn't want a paper trail from the cop. Like, there were so many different clues. And this movie, I think, lacked that. It was so upfront and it, it was so it, on it the tried, table immediately. Yes. It tried to be everything. It thought it was going to be Get Out and then, and then rolled into, well, kind of but I'm a cheerleader on Friday the 13th. It was just, um, that's what happens. Get The reason why Get Out is so amazing because it was original. Mm. So if, if you're going to try to copy originality, do a better job. Um, <laughs> or that's um, the antithesis of being original. <laughs> you know, well, there you go. And it's so funny. So at one point I was watching it. I don't know how much you guys are going to resonate with this, but at one point I'm watching it. You know what the part where it's like, be a man, shoot him. You got to do manly things. You got to yeah. do blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm literally watching it. And, and it's like for generations, this is what men have to do. And this is why our evolutionary track and your job is to impregnate. And he's going on. I'm like, did Jordan Peterson write this? So in that scene, they, the shooting targets, you have this fantastic protagonist moment where Jordan one-ups the um, sadistic camp counselor with marksmanship with shooting the target, which is like great. And everyone's cheering and it's such a like, fuck you moment. And it obviously plays out in the, I, it, okay. I imagined it to be, it's going to come down to someone being hunted with a gun, one person having to one up the other. It lays this groundwork that just never comes to fruition. But Kevin Bacon does a 180 and goes, by the way, old Duke, our dog, no. is sick, dying of cancer. We got to talk about it. It was the most traumatic part of this movie for me. And you know what should happen? <laughs> Jordan should have shot the other guy. I agree. That's I thought Jordan might have. I, I knew Jordan would choke and not shoot Kevin Bacon. But so basically they go, the dog is sick and dying. You can either put him out of his misery right now. Like he's having pain walking. So shoot him between the eyes, aim for the head or the heart. Or Zane, the masochistic, fucking sadistic asshole camp counselor, is going to break his legs with the sledgehammer one at a time. And this poor dog is going to be in so much pain. And he's not going to understand why you're hurting him. And that, to me, like, hit this, like, that hit the darkest point of this whole movie. 100%. They didn't even fire at the target. That character faked 
shooting. They never shot. Sorry, I don't know if I, I think he goes by he. He never even actually shot fire the gun. He just pretended to fire at the so he, that's why he was chosen because he could see that he was faking it. He was just sort of holding it up and and whatever. How did you find the overall acting of the movie? I, I found the campers fantastic, to be honest with you. I just feel like even Kevin Bacon's character wasn't given enough space. He 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 went from zero to sixty way too quick, and so his ability to act through that, which I'm a Kevin Bacon absolutely, he wasn't given the script. He wasn't given the the that whatever. Nor was his wife. Nor was you know the doctor. The the reveal on her was just like what? There there was no build of any. It was kind. very rushed. Yeah. It was and, like a real surprise, but eh. And stop with the love story. Look, I understand it's a slasher movie, so I understand they needed to get in gratuitous sex scenes. But like, oh my God, you, you had so much more necessary in that movie than those scenes. Now, the cool part would have been the guy that seduced Stu. Sorry, Stu, you get seduced, but... I that, Gabriel. Gabriel. that to me was the interesting character to me that's the person i either would have made the killer mm. right that's the person the person that's been co-opted the person that's been manipulated so much that they lure other gay men into committing whatever act that they're going to you know yeah that's the person because that person's gonna in my opinion that person should have split that person should have had i have to be co-opted i'm gonna be this person for these people but in that but this is who i really am that's that's who they should have been not not uh the character gabriel darwin del fabro he was creepy he's fucking creepy right i i apologize to the actor and it's partly the role he played but he like even from the very beginning i had like an un like unsettling feeling about him even from the very beginning he would just watch people and he's like of course absolutely i just soft annotations in the way i speak and the long would have been better things yeah so loved that character thought he was super fucked up but like in a fantastic way like he sold that entire bit to me i also thought there could have been more development with the two camp counselors zane and sarah other than having been formerly converted not converted people who are still just there like who goes back to the conversion therapy camp that they were converted to and becomes a counselor yeah well, I mean, Pete, but I, I think, to, to be honest, I, I, the weird part is I think a lot. I think oh. I would expect, I would expect a lot because then it's just going to reaffirm it constantly. Think about that. Yeah. No ever, conversion therapy doesn't, is not a thing. It doesn't work. It's all bullshit. But if you're going it's to, torture. It, you need to, how to consistently help convince yourself, consistently remind yourself, consistently be on that other side where you're going to have, that's going to have to be your job. You can't go back to banking at what, CIBC? No, no, your whole world now is going to have to be constantly talking about it being 
you know, flawed and disgusting and whatever, and constantly trying to make sure and, and push all of that hatred and now all of that internalized homophobia onto other people. Mm -hmm. I think Kevin Bacon should have been the gayest, to be honest with you. I they, also, that. they missed out on that as well. Like, give me a break. You have a wife? No, you don't. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. No, you don't, Kevin. You know what? I just want to see him put on his dancing shoes. Put you a little foot on. Not even a little, guys. Uh, speaking of Glee adjacent moments. <laughs> or musical. That never happened in this movie. <laughs> I was going to say it was dumb, but I loved the scene in the, um, oh my God, what are they called? Bunks? That's like they're... Uh, dorm oh, room. They're putting on the makeup. The that was so super cute too, where they're like putting on the face cream, and, and it's like, like completely fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. But I love the one where I think it was Jordan feeling super down on themselves and being like having just been eviscerated by Carrie Preston in that um, therapy session, and I think it was Alexandra who starts singing uh, "Perfect." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The pink song. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? It's so cheese, but I love it. And it's like the singing off key and it's not meant to be good. And they all just start belting it. Yeah, no, it was good. I I loved that scene. And that song for me resonates a lot. That song has actually gotten me through some really hard times. Yeah. And I mean, I love pink. Yeah. Like, I could love her so, so hard. You no, know, but again, like that should have had a different kind of significance there should have been i don't know it just it's like they touched on so many pivotal things but they didn't get to dig their nails in yeah exactly and then the killing just seems ridiculous slasher movies are slasher movies because there's no point that makes a slasher movie well, that's what we said about halloween ends uh... which wasn't so much a slasher film as it was a commentary on someone going through PTSD um, from a traumatic incident. And I think that where we sort of lost Halloween was in what they, them, is what you're describing what they, them, is that it's not a slasher film. It's a, the, the evil that they're trying to avoid is like ignorance. Whereas like the evil that Jamie Lee Curtis is trying to escape is trauma. Um, and like, yeah, it's it's really really hard to make that a tangible thing when mm -hmm. you're so used to seeing like Ghostface or Michael or Freddy because that's what you show up for. You show up for like, how are they going to kill the babysitter? Like, how are they going to do these kind of like movie tropes that we feel comfortable in? And instead, we're we're signing on for a horror film, but we're leaving with a political commentary. Um, and I would say that from the reviews of they, them, they don't even get the political commentary, right? They introduce a lot of things, like you said, PJ, and they don't really no. like dive deep into them, but they can't because it's a horror movie. Mm -hmm. so, like they don't but, have the time. It's not a drama. But, but get out was a horror movie. Yes. Get out was a horror movie, but it was, um, amazing. Yeah, but if they were going to mimic something, and I don't mean copy it, if they were going to be in a in a genre, they could have mm. gone down the get out line rather than having anything to do with the Friday the 13th line. They could have done that line. And they just chose not to go all the way through. Maybe they got cold feet. Maybe they thought people aren't going to give a 
you know what? Maybe they thought, maybe people weren't going to give a shit enough about gay kids and conversion therapy in mainstream media. I don't know if they're right or not. Maybe they couldn't make it that intellectual political piece because so many people, as we see in the United States, which is where this movie was released, don't believe it. They still think conversion therapy should exist. They still vote for it. They're still trying to tell trans kids that they don't have right to gender affirming. That that's the United States right now. So this movie getting released in that or even getting written in that culture, it's it wasn't. That, but it's, who it's are they writing it for? Who is going to watch it? Exactly, and I think it's it's really interesting. I saw an article saying that this movie was um, uh, the LGBTQ war cry, and it was oh. interesting because I think there's so many more movies that maybe could exemplify that and kind of hold that that banner a little bit better than this one. And I think when you get into like more of a political statement in these movies, Get Out was great, but Get Out was a psychological thriller. It was a psychological thriller with horror elements. This was this set out to be a slasher film and then was like sort of like diving deep into political statements and commentary and you're right Joanna my question would be who's it for like is it for its queer audience or is it for its straight audience or is it somewhere in the middle or from what I'm reading from most reviews they don't know they well they just tried to they tried to sprinkle right so they just tried to get out a bunch of things so that maybe people would watch it rather than being a truly powerful piece about what it should have been about in the first place. They kind of went, oh, no, we're just going to have a slasher because maybe people will watch it just because, like, somebody's taking revenge for their trauma. Although she never used bees once, which is still upsetting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it missed the mark on a lot of things. Overall, I still very much enjoyed it. But this at least felt like I did like it. It, I, I mean, I went in with very low expectations, though. I went in with low expectations. It was another conversion therapy movie, also going to be a slasher. I didn't love the ending. I did like, though, the most of the cast actually seemed to be um, queer. Authentic, yes. I agree. Authentically queer and authentically, it wasn't just like a bunch of, like, excuse my French, but a bunch of straights pretending to, like, have any kind of empathy or, you know, act a certain way. Um, I have not done a, like a true deep dive to see if each of these characters is queer. But that being said, it felt authentic to me. The characters felt a lot more authentic. It felt like a wide range of anyone that I have met in my life who is queer, who is struggling, who is whatever. I liked the different backstories. I liked the fake backstories and then the real backstories. That would have been better. They should have spent more time there. You're right. Yeah. That was interesting. The whole thing was just, I know that it didn't get good reviews before I saw it, but, but most movies I like get bad reviews. So I wasn't really turned by yeah. that, but, and I was very lured in, in the beginning with the subtlety of it. And I'm like, Oh, this is not going to be what I thought it was. Okay. I'm in. And then it's, and then all of a sudden the guy's face gets bashed in the thing. I went, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, That's what we're going to take. We're going to we're going to chuck all of the psychological thriller aspects and we're going to chuck those out. And somebody wearing the stupidest mask I've ever seen in my life. That's that's what we're going to do. 
That's all, so, so okay. There was a. It felt like there was a miss to me because the the uh, creepy janitor Balthazar, his whole shed room was filled with the creepy dolls. So I thought there was some kind of tie-in that was going to happen with the creepy doll mask that was sewn together and there the creepy no doll hanging in the shed. Yes, but there's no tie. Did it feel like a miss? Like I felt like there was supposed to be something there that I just missed. I feel like there we we saw half a movie. <laughs> I feel like the movie was supposed to be three hours long. I feel like maybe Zack Snyder was in the charge of it. Nobody's telling us it was supposed to be this epic where all of those things we're talking about get interwoven. You know what would have been great? Some flashbacks. It's just like they somebody just had to cut it all out because they wanted to make, you know, Wonder Woman's ass look better. Like, I feel like that was the vibe. <laughs> the two takeaways for me on this movie were the queer kids were not the victims, the sociopathic counselors that were being hunted, as opposed to queer people, again, becoming victims or being murdered or whatever. The second thing is that this movie is palpable for a straight audience and it opens up the discussion. Yeah. But if you were a straight person, which none of us are, what what would you hope that some uh, someone would take from this movie to investigate further? I would hope that they would see the, like, I mean, any of them, even if you are right wing, whatever, you're like, yeah, gay is wrong and you're all going to hell and your immortal souls, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that they would see this and then realize that there is a level of like psychological torture and torment. And at the end of the day, it is not specifically, you know, God's will or it isn't, you know, righting a wrong per se. You know, you can't pray the gay away. It's this is who people are. And for whatever reasons brought them there, they shouldn't hate who they are. And that's why I love that pink song playing there because it's like, you are perfect. Regardless of how you are, the shape you come in, you know, your sexuality, your preferences, who you love, what you believe in, you're still perfect as you are. You don't need to change. I love that. What do you hope this movie could have done better for straight audiences? Here's my question. Who's this focused on? Like, who did they hope was watching this movie? I'm going to go with teens and young adults i'm gonna that's the the they're not they weren't thinking 40 year olds were gonna sit down and watch this movie maybe the kevin bacon tie but no and here's the thing teens and young adults already get the message Hmm. you don't have to teach them anything i go to i teach kids every day and it's not i understand there are some it's not that homophobic but homophobia is a top-down sickness coming from old, stupid people who choose to remain stupid. And I use the term purposefully. Ignorance is something else. Homophobia on that level and and conversion therapy is a level of chosen stupidity. And nobody in that market was going to see that movie. All the kids were going to go see the movie, but guess what? Kids don't give a shit. You say, "I'm, I'm they, them pronouns? Cool. Next. You say two two women are dating or two guys or you're bisexual. Nobody cares at at that level, at that level. So I don't know who they were trying to focus on with this movie because if you're trying to convert kids, nope, 
Don't worry about it. They're way smarter than the rest of us. They're not the ones making don't say gay laws in Florida. They're the ones pounding on their desk, yelling at DeSantis when he walks in the room. Those are kids. They don't need this movie. And it doesn't do a good enough job. It doesn't even do a job, in my opinion. Um, if you really wanted to do a movie about conversion therapy, take one person. Mm-hmm. Take one person and walk them through it. You know, uh, one person and every day what they go through and what they face and from other campers and their stuff that they put on, but make it one person focused because the depth of that torment and the depth of the, the insidious nature, just like get out should have been about one person. Cause you're, you can't understand it on a, on a spectrum like that, but th- they didn't mean to make this movie. They didn't mean that that wasn't their, wasn't if that was their goal. The guy that wrote Gladiator had every <laughs> capacity in the world. I love write. it. You're so sad on that. <laughs> well, my God. But like, what an amazing movie. But the guy who wrote that movie, who is actually an out gay man, had every potential capacity to write the movie I would have liked to have seen and just chose not to. Or he did. And it just complete. It could have. Guys, he could have written what we're describing and it just could have got shredded. It could have got previewed and somebody said, absolutely not. Put more killing. I want to see them have sex in the lake. That could have happened too. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Final thoughts. Uh, PJ? Um, I liked it. I liked it. (laughs) I I mean, it it missed on a lot of things. It could have been better. But I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I went in for the camp value. I went in for... Not watching another conversion therapy movie, like uh, to Joanna's point, there are some really poignant ones that hit home, that hit all the points, that are amazing. But this is not that. This is not what I came to this movie for. I did not come to this movie for a true conversion therapy story. I came to this movie to watch, you know, a conversion therapy wherein there's also a serial killer or a slasher for no fucking reason at all that was present in the trailer. I was just here for a horror themed that centered around a conversion camp. And if that brings um, a level of attention to a darker issue that needs to be addressed and we kind of address it in a fun slashery way, fine. I'm here for it. You know what? I, I wish there was more like that even if it just opened the dialogue, because most conversion therapy movies are so in-depth and so dark that even I don't want to turn on the TV. Like the, um, the, uh, the, the something of Cameron Post, whichever, the, whichever one oh, that was. Yeah. Beautiful, movie. beautiful movie. But like, I need to sit in a corner and rock back and forth for a while afterwards. Yeah. And so I didn't come away from this feeling like my soul had been hollowed out, which was nice. And I kind of loved the vindication of everyone got like everyone who wronged me hypothetically in this movie. They're all dead. Everyone got fucking axed, sliced, diced, bye bye, killed in like the campy slasher fashion that I'm such a fan of. Mm-hmm. And I walked away like it, like this was a feel good film. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna? I just want to rewrite the whole thing. Um, (laughs) Two things. Number one, if you're going to watch this film, might I suggest just the pink singing scene? Number two, (laughs) if I was going to rewrite it, you know what would have been way better? 
if you had fewer campers and a bigger staff so that the campers found out what was going on there. And instead of doing all of the bullshit conservative conversion, if you're going to make it a slasher movie, cool. Make it a slasher movie where all the campers come to camp on purpose. They lie about their parents. They lie about why they're there. They say they're being forced or they're going to get kicked out or this or that. And they're all there. And you find out throughout the movie, they know each other. They found out about this camp through friends, through the community, through the Internet. Remember, the Internet exists. And then they all go there to slowly, as a collective, pick each member of the staff off. As Ooh, a I want that as a sequel. I'm into that. I'm Looks into that, like that. That's a slasher movie, but then you don't pretend it's something else. And right. it's still getting a strong message across. Don't fuck with the gay community because we'll rally. <laughs> the alphabet mafia will come for you. There could have been little tattoos. Could you imagine? Little little alphabet mafia tattoos all in their shoulder that we <laughs> that we randomly mafia. see. When they have sex in the lake, as they're supposed to, apparently, in every slasher. Leave it to Joe to throw it back to 2020 TikTok. I love that. <laughs> Alphabet Mafia. What a throwback. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Again, I appreciate all of you. Um, PJ, thank you for crawling out of your sickbed to record this with cocktail in one hand and attractive man behind the shoulder. <laughs> Um, and Joanna, thank you again for being here. You are a wonderful human being. I love that we can see a Kothla always with you at all times, Jaws. And I don't ever know what that last one is. It's an Ewok. Right. I have never seen Star Wars. Really? Guys, I just keep saying, let's just keep doing horror movies or campy, uh, scary movies for the rest of the year. You and Julia both. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's XNDRA underscore D-E-S-I-G-N, XNDRA underscore design. I would love your feedback, comments, hate mail, whatever you got for me. But let me know it's podcast related because I get a lot of weird things in my inbox. Hey, everyone. It's me, Bear Sailor Moon. You can find me on all social media platforms at Bear Sailor Moon. Including Scroff. If you want to find that, uh, you can search me at Starfox. I like that it's still not your real name. No. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jennykin underscore. Or if you have MX Black Card, you can send me a DM. They are open. It's not just the DM that's open, sweetheart. Well, it depends on the net worth. That <laughs> <laughs> opens other avenues. I have a moon kingdom. Does that count as net worth? <sighs> Better yet, I think it's more important to ask how wide are those avenues. You can find me on all social media at C-A-R-L-O-T-T-A-C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. The main thing she can still spell that far up in, like, name. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Chad. Follow me on Instagram at C-S-K-I-O-1. Or you could buy me a pizza. I just want pizza coupons. I will also accept pizza coupons. I guess I, that means I have to say something funny. Shit. <laughs> I'm not sharing my pizza with you. Okay, I will. I will, I swear. <laughs> you can find me at Julia Lynch on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me, SJ Maroney, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under RWACPOD. Join our Patreon for all of our archive seasons and bonus content. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you subscribe. Until next time, go Steelers. Go Steelers.